0: Hello, I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. This is The Literary Gardener for July 1st, 2021. The topic this time is The Garden of Small Beginnings, a novel wiggling with gardening tips. Today is a very exciting day because we are going to enlist the help of Mother Nature's wonder workers. I am talking about worms. Abby Waxman, The Garden of Small Beginnings, 2017. Edward, the handsome Australian gardening instructor in Abby Waxman's debut novel, goes on to enlighten his skeptical students on the ways that worms benefit garden soil and plants. Earthworms are one of the most important allies of the gardener, Edward explains. Not only do they aerate the soil simply by moving about, but as they digest organic matter, such as old plant material or kitchen scraps, they produce worm tea, which is one of the most potent fertilizers available to us. The excitement Edward had planned for the class that day did not involve Mother Nature's everyday wonder worker, the common garden earthworm. Instead, Waxman's protagonist, Lillian Gervan, her two daughters, Annabelle and Claire, her sister Rachel, and the rest of the gardening class were all learning how to use red wigglers or Icenia fetida for worm composting. Also known as vermiculture, worm composting, is an effective way to close the waste gap by utilizing kitchen scraps and plant debris to add nutrients and microbes to garden soil. After Edward introduces the class project of building vermiculture bins, Lillian's precocious kindergartner, Claire, points out, I don't know why they call it worm tea, it's just pee. Actually, worm castings can be used in solid and liquid form as a foliar spray or a top dressing for plants, a soil amendment or soil inoculant, and as an additive to compost piles to speed up decomposition. Red wiggler worms and their excrement really are one of nature's ultimate wonder workers. I enjoy reading fiction that includes information about gardens and gardening, so I added the Garden of Small Beginnings to my reading list for this year. See my January 3rd column in the Mail Tribune for the complete book list. After working my way through the first six non-fiction books on the list, I was ready for a less rigorous read this month and Waxman's book delivered with a story about Lillian's struggle to regain equilibrium after her husband dies in a car accident. Lily's employer asks her to take a gardening class at the L.A. Botanical Garden for a book illustration project and Lily recruits her sister and daughters to take the class with her. The time spent with her family and the friends she makes in the class, as well as the gardening work itself, helps Lily move past her grief and anger. I already mentioned the handsome Australian gardening teacher, who also plays a big part in Lily's recovery. At times, while reading the book, I felt like a disapproving old auntie, tisking Lillian's F-bombs and inappropriate, sarcastic humor. Lily explains that she and her sister Rachel developed sarcasm as a self-defense mechanism to deal with their highly critical mother. Yet, I found the story about Lily's relationship with her children and her sister endearing. And did I mention the book also includes lots of gardening tidbits? Lily shares what she's learning in the gardening class throughout the book. She includes instructions on preparing your garden, essential gardening equipment, chemistry of soil, making peace with insects, and companion planting. Lily's class is creating a potager garden full of vegetables and herbs. So she also includes advice on how to grow beets, tomatoes, carrots, cucumbers, green beans, garlic, pumpkin, lettuce, zucchini, celery, Strawberries, peas, cabbage, turnips, corn, and radishes. Lily inserts her sarcastic humor into each recommendation. After describing how to grow cabbage, for example, she explains if you think cooked cabbage is smelly, it's because you've been overcooking it. Cook it for too long and it produces hydrogen sulfide, presumably as a comment on your cooking skills. Sorry, that's how they roll. As for turnips, Lily believes they are the unsung heroes of the root crop universe. They don't have the ad budget potatoes have or the glamorous appearance of carrots, but they shouldn't be underestimated. Point well taken. By the end of the gardening class, Lily is starting to see herself as a real gardener. She's still sarcastic, but she's a lot less angry. The whole class toasts Edward, who taught us to look more closely at what we're stepping in and to have more respect for the humble worm. Of course, five-year-old Claire has the last word. After the toast, she pipes up, I don't know that I could have any more respect for worms than I already did. They're awesome. So, awesome red wiggler worms, or Asenia photidae are the best worms to use for vermicomposting because they can eat as much as their own body weight in decaying organic matter every day. According to the OSU Extension Service, in natural environments, red wigglers live in the surface layer of the soil, so they are uniquely adaptable to the conditions of vermicomposting bins. They compost food scraps and plant debris most efficiently when the temperature in the bin is between 71 and 89 degrees, although they will tolerate temperature ranges between 55 and 90 degrees. Red wigglers breathe through their skin, which is hypersensitive to sunlight. Each segment of the worm's body has its own set of kidneys, which processes waste into liquid or worm pee that is then excreted through the worm's skin. A red wiggler's intestinal tract contains 1,000 times more microbial life than the food it consumes. It's actually after the bacteria, fungi, protozoa, and other microorganisms decaying organic matter rather than the scraps themselves. For more information about using awesome red wiggler worms for vermicomposting, check out OSU's helpful guide, Composting with Worms 2011, at the OSU Extension Service website. My gardening to-do list for this week? Well, I'm going to be sure to use shade cloth to protect my veggies from late afternoon sun when the temperatures soar in triple digits. I'll complete garden chores before noon, being, make, making sure to wear sunscreen and a hat and have a water bottle handy at all times. I'll monitor the garden soil moisture level and adjust irrigation as needed, keeping in mind that the Medford Water Commission has requested a voluntary reduction in water use to address a shortage in their supply of chlorine to disinfect municipal water. Visit their webpage for ways to reduce water for landscaping and irrigation at www.medfordwater.org. I'll also make a vermicomposting bin with awesome red wiggler worms. I learned that another benefit of worm pee is that it helps soil retain moisture when applied as a drench. And that's it for the Literary Gardener this time. Thanks so much for listening and happy gardening.